Hey everyone, it's Taylor and Brendan from Straight Up Sabres. We're here to talk to you with the Hockey Podcast Network. As you all know, the Hockey Podcast Network is your one-stop shop for all things NHL year-round, featuring podcasts for each team based in their respective local market. Subscribe today. You won't regret it. going on everybody welcome back to another episode of straight up sabers presented by the hockey podcast network and buffalo fanatics as always i'm brendan and i'm 28 now the birthday boy himself folks oh my god wednesday january 6th we celebrate the birth of just one of the most wonderful handsome beard full mans i've ever met and surely everyone will remember this is my 28th birthday yeah, truly. That's yeah. Um, so <laughs> Taylor and I were talking throughout the day today. Uh, and if you're listening to this now, it's Thursday. We're recording this on uh, on Wednesday evening. And we both decided that it just did not feel appropriate or right in any way for us to talk about the Sabres today and to go about posting this and, and sharing it and trying to get people to listen to us talk about the Sabres, because quite frankly, um, it pales, it's not even in the same conversation in comparison to the significance of what happened today in America. Uh, I know we have a, a pretty wide range of listeners who are either in the States or Sabres fans who are, who are up in Canada as well. Um, but it just, Taylor and I wouldn't be able, just considering who we both are as people, we wouldn't be able to, to live with ourselves if we didn't take the time to talk about, um, the, the breach at, at Capitol Hill today, uh, and the domestic terrorism that pretty much ensued throughout the day. So we decided that today we are not going to talk about hockey. Um, and we would just talk about this because it, it, it's just so much, more important, um, it's a it's the first time that something like this, like a, the Capitol, has been breached since 1814. Um, and oh, who could forget? Who can forget? Yeah, and, and so it, it just it wouldn't be right. And so we're going to take the time today to talk about that. Um, you know, we're not going to you know lecture about whatever, but we just we we need to talk about it. it it's it's inevitable. And so yeah, I agree. Sabers Sabers chats today. It's it's today's not the day for that. So Taylor, do you want to kind of take it from there? Yes. Also, I should say first, if you just want to hop out right now, like I don't blame you. Just, yeah. By the time you hear this, we talked out constantly. I don't blame you at all. We'll see you next week. We'll have, we have a preview coming up on for next Monday's episode of the season. For so, sure. uh, well, man, it's a couple things. Like we wouldn't normally, we don't talk politics on here, and we mostly because we're not. Uh, even though we're informed, we're not that interesting. We don't have anything new to say about it, and also like it's not that kind of podcast. Like it is a savers podcast. So we wouldn't usually come on if it didn't like relate in some way. Like obviously there, there's no, there's not a real complete separation of sports and politics or what we view as politics. Like kneeling would become a story. Like during the NHL playoffs, the black lives matter movement was definitely a story, things like that. COVID, I don't consider that political at all. Obviously COVID is a huge part of this entire year but anyway we would never like come on here and be like oh did you see the motion something that aoc did or did you see what josh howley said on twitter like but this isn't like politics i think this is kind of like it's not even like COVID because COVID specifically affects the nhl i think this is like uh 
like it probably a landmark moment in American history. And it's hard to know that the day it's happening. I think sometimes it's clear, like obviously FDR said immediately that Pearl Harbor would live in infamy in like 9-11. You probably knew right away. Like I was eight, so I probably didn't. But I think most adults probably knew right away that, uh oh, things are going to be different. And there's other things that kind of stand the test of time that you wouldn't, you may remain that you, there's probably things that you, that while they're happening, you're like, oh my God, I'll remember this forever. And you might, but they don't really stand out in American history. My example, first of all, Sandy Hook is by far the most, I would say memorable. It, it's a, it's a huge, uh, it's one of the most important times of the last decade. One of the most important days, the Sandy Hook massacre. Uh, but there's, there's a hundred other massacres that happened and they're kind of memory hold. Like there's shootings where 20 people happened and people don't remember them, but Sandy Hook for whatever reason was that. Anyway, it's a long winded way to say that. I think this is more than politics. I think it's more than a, the news of the day or a crazy story of the week or month. I think it's, it's insanely uh, important. Even if it doesn't end up having long-term ramifications, which I really doubt uh, it's, it's just, it's shocking. <laughs> like to see like people, like break into not even just break into Congress, not even just like that guy that ran onto the like White House lawn a little while ago, like a couple years ago to break in during a session while they're certifying the election. One of the most important things that happens, stopping that process, not stopping it completely, but delaying it for hours, uh, chasing Capitol security or Capitol police, sorry, out of the like the building and scaring them away, like hanging out in Nancy Pelosi's office, hanging like being like at the podium being a person like a died. A person, person died. died. A person died. Like all that. It's surreal. I mean, even if nothing happens out of this, like I'll never forget it. But I'll let you get to your what you think real quick because I have a, a few more points to make. No, go ahead. You keep going. Oh, okay. So another thing I was going to say is really this to me doesn't come down again. It doesn't come down to politics again because it's it's like the way we consume media in general we're all kind of biased and some more so than others, some more willing to accept that than others, some more aware of it than others. But the way we think of a story is a lot of times based on how we would like the story to be covered based on our, not just our biases, but our preferences, our agendas, whatever. And that's always existed and it always will. And it's why uh, anyone, almost anyone in the world is willing to call a perfectly fair piece of reporting unfair or biased in some way. Not not all the same one, obviously, different pieces of reporting, but it's based on what what really you want and what your agenda is. Everyone has it. Everyone from uh, the furthest left to the furthest right in the world. Like, it has it. That's not – and that means that every politician in some way, bringing it straight to politics, is at some point going to look at something that is either fair reporting or not that unfair or not biased, whatever, and look at it and say that's not fair. But – the problem with this administration is that it's really, really more so than anything else that I can remember or that I know of in history, attack the concept of what, concept of what the truth is. And you would think that that'd be really hard to do right now because it's so easy to look things up. Everyone has access to technology. Like, It's not like even like 60, 70 years ago, maybe you read one newspaper, you watch one guy on TV, that's all your information you're getting and then you're hearing stuff from your friends and people you know. But now you can just get so much information from everywhere but that's gone completely the other way like that's that's it's it's worked completely the opposite way it, it makes people not know where to get information not know what to trust there's a there's a million ways we could uh 
break that down like that a lot has a lot to do with facebook obviously has a lot to do with people not getting their media from traditional sources whatever people don't trust the media but more so than anything um the, the concept of truth is really a lot fuzzier than it used to be and i mean and the president's straight up at fault there's no there's no way around that uh he is so but that means that there's a huge segment of this country that just doesn't accept reality. Sometimes the truth as it's reported is just reality. Like, and in this specific instance, it's important to say that Joe Biden won the election. Now, I don't think it's probably breaking the ground here to say that Brandon and I aren't big fans of the president. I wasn't happy when he won in 2016. But I remember people ostensibly on our side in 2016 wanting to like, donating to like GoFundMes and signing change.org uh, petitions to, to ensure that Trump didn't get to be the president. But I was always really nervous. I, like that kind of like freaked me out as much as him winning. Like people being like, "Yeah, I don't want to do that." That election we had, I don't want it anymore. Like, sorry, I'm done with democracy because I really hated that. And obviously, I hated it too. I didn't like it, but like that was insane to me. And this is equally as insane. And it's not just a small group of people, and it's not going away. Even more, it's more insane, Taylor. It, it's it's more. it's way more insane. Yeah. Like this, and and now I just feel like it's going to be. <laughs> I hope this isn't the beginning of people never accepting an election result ever again. I hope it's not that. I hope it's not the beginning of every election needing significant violence, but I kind of think it might be. And I think that it really just comes down to that non-shared reality. And people, people don't just uh, not accept reality. They have their own reality that they can they can pick up or put down at any time. They can go to any website. I mean, it doesn't have anyone can put anything anywhere now. Facebook, especially, like I said. So. That's a huge concern. Like that's that's more than a huge concern. It's terrifying. There's people, like, there's arguments you could have about, let's say, policy A that people are for, and you go, no, I don't think that would be good because X, and like, no, that will be a side effect, but it's good because this X or Y outweighs X, right? You have those both sides, right? Those are just opinions. But this is this is not that. It's just saying election a didn't happen or or whatever the result is isn't real and it just it it goes into every corner of the world it just goes it, it it'll probably extend beyond his supporters obviously trump supporters but i don't i don't know what to do about this <laughs> and it feels like at the same time every institution we have is completely ill-equipped to deal with this so yeah yeah i uh, it, it it's a lot to wrap your head around, um, obviously. And I think that you make, it's really not even an an interesting point. It is the key point when it comes to this conversation about the definition of truth. Um, Over the past five years now, you know, counting the 2016 election as well, this is what Trump has been working for. This is exactly what, this was his end game. This is exactly what he wanted to happen. It started back then with, with, oh, fake news, fake news, this and that. And, you know, for, I think a lot of people, the majority of the people in this country, they saw that as kind of like a joke, you know, like, oh yeah, fake news, sad, his tweets, blah, blah, blah. He's, he's crazy, you know, but there was still a significant chunk of the country, mind you, 70 million people, over 70 million people voted for this person, mm-hmm. not yeah. even not even three months ago. And so you have that group of people who are his supporters who 
don't see through his bullshit and they take every single thing that comes out of his mouth as the truth. Now, at the end of the day, the thing that gets lost on them is the truth to them and the truth to me. That should be this. That is the same thing. The truth is the truth. There's no getting around that. There's no, what was the, the term that was thrown around before? Um, alternative some, facts. Alternative facts. That yeah, is that the was, word. That is that what was Sean was, Spicer. Spicer, right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. See, Jesus Christ. But, it's been a while. So, so you have for four or five years, just this getting drilled into people's heads. Not only that, what the media says and what people watch on television outside of Fox news and even Fox news to an extent now, but what he's been telling people repeatedly and drilling it that what you're seeing is not real. And the, the barometer for what is true and false lies within me. He's been telling him that like, if you want your, if you want to know what the truth is, I am the only one who can tell you that. And Taylor, I I'm not, I'm not trying to, I mean, yeah, no, I am trying to bash. I don't care. That is what that's like that of a cult. That is that of a, of a fascist. That is that of an author authoritarian leader. Somebody who is telling you, I am the one who knows the truth. I am the truth. I am the only one that can save you. Nobody else can. I love you encouraging them to continue it too. And, and, and that's how we get to this point. So you have people who, are, are flat out in denial over this, over what is reality. Uh, to the point th- that we're talking about here, you know, it, it, it's more than just saying like, oh, this person has a difference of opinion than I have. These people are flat out denying reality. They are denying factual events that happened. Like there are, there are things, there are statistics and figures and people who are much smarter than you, me, the people at the Capitol Day and anybody else who spend their entire lives working towards proving these various things to be true climate change for example yeah it's indisputable it is it is a fact that climate change exists and that the earth is hurting and suffering from it it is a fact that coronavirus exists and that it is deadly and that it has killed over 300,000 people approaching 350,000 people in this country and it is a fact that donald trump lost the 2020 election yeah, that is what it comes down to. The and so when you have people that again are, it, it's getting brainwashed. These people are brainwashed, and maybe that sounds harsh. I don't think so. I mean, I don't see anybody on the far left breaking into the Capitol building or threatening to, or not even threatening. What am I saying? Legitimately plotting to kidnap a democratically elected governor of a state. Yeah. Like, you don't see that happening. And, and people could say, oh, the left, the Antifa, this and that. One, a target in your neighborhood or one that's not even in your neighborhood is not the same as the United States Capitol building. Two, people protesting against racial injustice, something that has plagued this country since its inception. You know, it, it's not like the, the civil rights movement happened in the 60s and MLK was shot and Rosa Parks said no and then everything was fixed and racism was over. No, this has been plaguing this country for centuries. And so <laughs> when it comes, like bringing it back, you know, when you look at what people are, are fighting for, 
you know, people will equate that and be like, oh, well, what about over the summer? Like you had no problem with people protesting. And it's like, these are two completely different things. Protesting something that, again, has, has plagued our country for centuries is not the same as protesting an election that was certified by the people in your own party who support him. It's also not protesting. That's kind of an important. It's not. Thing. It's a riot. It's it's it's. It's, it's not, even, not a even a riot. No. It's domestic terrorism. It is. It is. It's domestic yeah, terrorism. Because I need to get it, that out of my head. It, it, yeah. yeah. It's Jesus. like the, the fundamental difference. Even if we we compare it to the anti shutdown riots from uh, I guess like April maybe, like people compared those to Black Lives Matter movements. A couple weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, it's more of a one to one comparison. At least there, like you might not think it's a fair to make them a hundred percent comparison, but like. One was like violently trying to get towards the Capitol in Michigan, maybe that was the big one. I think people remember and like trying to get past police and yelling about lockdowns and whatnot. And obviously Black Lives Matter. I don't want to stick the organization with necessarily the destruction that happens there because, yeah, in those protests, people do burn things down, loot businesses and all that. And it's not like that's good or whatever, but there is a huge difference between fundamental difference. Yeah. Like trying to like steal stuff from a business and then burn it down. Oh, and like breaking into the Capitol to stop an election certification well, like the, the, because that's not really protesting anything. That's like that's asserting control temper tantrum. It's, it's different than that. Even it's it's trying to assert control over the democratic process mm-hmm. as as not a member of that process. Like you, well, you, you are a member of that process. You your job like when you're not an elected official is to vote theoretically if you want to vote, mm-hmm. whatever. Like so what they're doing is. I mean, I don't even know if it's terrorism. I think it, it like you can look at it as a coup attempt, uh, and it is, and it's supported by all of the above. <laughs> before today, and obviously, I think you're going to see a lot of congressmen and senators be a lot more careful about their rhetoric uh, in the next couple of days. And I, uh, I think you're going to stop seeing so many people push back. On we'll the, see how long that lasts. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we'll see. I mean, just for this, just in terms of the election certification, I think that'll get done. And I mean, I'm not predicting anything long term, like crazy in the future, but I think people are like going to have to like kind of calm down about it. And it's going to happen now. It's, I mean, it was already going to happen, but it's, it was, it's going to be a lot smoother, I think. And there, there's going to be a lot fewer challenges. I mean, by the time you listen to this, it might happen, it might happen mm-hmm. already. But I guess the thing that gets to me about this is this is like really serious because really what's next like this doesn't it's not really a one-off like we were both talking about here with the the lack of shared reality well there's i don't know i'm gonna say every person that voted for trump doesn't have you know a sense of reality but there's a significant percentage of people that just think that joe biden's not a democratically elected president and that there was an active uh voter fraud scheme that got him to be the president and a lot of people were in on it including a bunch of republicans or at least the republicans didn't fight back strong enough and they're just gonna go through the next four years and maybe more thinking that and, and, and believing that. And that's, I mean, it should be terrifying to people that, that, that much of the country doesn't share reality with us. That's mm-hmm. like, what will that mean going forward? And what will it mean? Like, not even like 10 years from now, what will it mean? Like on inauguration day, what will it mean the first time, let's say the, the next administration tries to get something through Congress, like anything major. What what will it mean? Uh, the next presidential election. What what incentives do the the next crop of Republican candidates have? Yeah, well, I don't. I, it's it's it it means the the reason I guess more than anything we're talking about this is because 
if things keep going like this, like you mentioned global warming, that's a very important thing. Global warming, our lack of shared reality, violent insurrection, all this, there might not be a Sabres to watch. Mm-hmm. That's a real thing. That's important. That's something we need to think about. Like, I don't want to say frame it like that. Sabres are a metaphor for your way of life going away. It's possible. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. And... <laughs> Just thinking, thinking back to, you know, when we're talking about who's at fault, I think we'd be remiss if you also did not lump in with Trump, the people who have enabled him for five years now. I'm talking Mike Pence, I'm talking Mitch McConnell, Lindsey Graham, Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio, you know, it is putting like politics to the side. How can you be Ted Cruz? and have somebody who just ruthlessly rips on you, who has insulted you and your family, your wife, and you still just bend over backwards for this person. Like, I am no fan of Ted Cruz. I do not agree with him on pretty much anything, but I would all like to think that you would have a little bit more sense just as being like a human being to be able to like stand up for yourself, have a little bit of courage, a little bit of a backbone. And that's the thing is that when it comes to all of these people, it's, it's Dan Crenshaw, it's, it, it's all of them, that they just let him do this. And I, I think that what we really should talk about kind of transitioning the conversation here a, a little bit is, you know, as I was watching the videos today, uh, it's impossible for me to not think about the protests from this past summer. Um, I took part in, in several of them here in Buffalo. I mean, we all know they happened all over, you know, and I'm of course talking about the ones that had, had started, uh, you know, in support of Black Lives Matter after George Floyd's killing and even other protests as well. Um, in the response to them, as compared to what the response today was, you know, seeing videos of, of Portland and in, in other cities around the country where people were peaceful and, and sure, like we said, there's no denying there's obviously violence, but in many of these places in New York, police officers were running down protesters with their car. Yeah. Police yeah. officers were, were using mace and, 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 and pepper spray and pulling people's masks down and spraying them in the face and in the mouth. They did that to journalists even, not even people who were protesting. They were doing this stuff to journalists. They were firing rubber bullets from a close proximity straight at people without doing what you're supposed to do, which is fire them at the ground and then they come up. It was it was as though, I mean, how many times people, like the National Guard was, was dispatched to go and handle these situations. And in in New York City in particular, I think, you know, I have a lot of friends who who went to the protests there as well and seeing their firsthand accounts, not even seeing through like the news, seeing people who are on the the ground, their firsthand accounts of how they were being treated for for marching. I I mean, think about that and, and just people ruthlessly getting the shit beat out of them. I mean, for for me, I I think a lot of people that really like changed them. I you know I I've always I, I mean I've I've been very outspoken about my political beliefs and and about just recognizing that it is 
crucially important that we address the issue of racial injustice in this country for, for a while, but just seeing just this summer between the protests and then even the events that sparked the protests and just how people of color in this country, of course, predominantly black people are treated. Um, compare that to today when police officers, they those protesters didn't break down all those barricades. The police officers allowed them to do that. There yeah, are that, video, that, there's that video a, of that. Police officers were taking shocking. selfies as these people breached the Capitol, as they were hanging out in Nancy Pelosi's office, like you said, as a person was fucking shot and killed. These police officers, some of these police officers were acting like it was just another day in, at the office and they were surrounded by their people. For, for what it's worth, it, want- there. There's, there's also, is, though, I was going to say there was a lot of people, though, as well, a lot of people who were working, who were working their ass. No, I'm, I was I was actually going to say, for whatever it's worth, there's some indication that the person that died was a rioter. Really? And was killed by police. But that is I mean, even just scuttlebutt at the moment. But no, I know what you're saying. Like, I, I they the, the whole thing is the, the selfie thing. I don't even know what to say about that. And whatever it is, whether it's strategy or personal uh, personal choices of people on the ground like it's obviously it's a huge failure like the fact that they got in at all escorting escorting older people out like walking that like holding their hand and walking them down the stairs it's yeah it's 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 insane yeah you know and so and then you have all i'm sorry i don't mean to interrupt but then you have all the you know they they took down the american flag and they were putting up trump flags what happened to respect the flag what happened to respect law enforcement what happened to law and order where is that energy that these people have been screaming about not even this past year think about with kaepernick the uproar for him kneeling what that did these people breached the capital of the united states and now you have all these people that i'm talking about before you have ted cruz and rubio and trump saying oh we need peace we need unity Whereas, you know, not even a year ago, Trump was like, oh, when the looting starts, the shooting starts, shoot these people, you know, if this is not the just a masterclass in how white privilege is so deeply intertwined into the fabric of this country and what it was built on, you know, this is the moment of reckoning where we need to realize that saying this is not us, this is not who we are. It's like, no, it actually is and has been who we are. People protesting the murders and, and and the and the injustice, like the the murders and the injustice. That is who we are. People are protesting that. What happened today? These people reacting in this entitled way, where like you said, they feel like that they should be the ones who decide this. That level of like American entitlement is who we are. And the problem is, is that for so long, and especially after nine eleven. Everybody in this country was so fixated on having the most amount of pride in the country and having, you know, like, I'm the proudest American. I'm proud to be an American. And if you ever said that you weren't proud to be an American, well, then you should just leave. You should just get out of here. When in reality, the greatest sign that you actually do care is saying that you are not proud and that you want to see change happen. It's a matter of being able to look in the mirror and say, damn, this is who we've been for a very long time. We're no country is ever going to be perfect, but there's a lot we can do if we want to call ourselves the best country in the world and actually mean it. Because right now, if you try to look at any person outside of America and say America is the best country in the world, you will get your ass laughed at. 
Yeah, it's unthinkable. And we need to ditch this because a lot of times it's fake patriotism. It's fake patriotism veiling these people's inner hatred and violence that for years and years and years, they were just waiting. You know, the, the people who are like the closet N-word sayers, the people who are, are racist, but then when you try and call them racist, they turn it around back on you. They've been waiting for this. And when they had the opportunity to elect Trump in 2016, and then it actually happened, it felt like it was validation for them that they were able to spew their hatred and their beliefs because if the president can do it then why can't i do it the president is a reflection of the country and so if he's doing this stuff then i should be able to do it and so this has just all been a long time coming but we're hitting this point now where you know this this whole thing about like unity and bringing the left in the like the far left and the far right they're the 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 same sides of the of a coin and this and that and it's like no this is not that this is this is so much deeper than that and the longer that we try to deny the fact that we aren't the best country in the world that we don't have a problem with racism that we don't have a problem with this brainwashed patriotism the better our country will be the better off we will be in the near term and in the long term and i'm sorry i went forever on that oh that's all right i think there's an interesting point here um which you brought up earlier with them not caring about law and order as much and i think it when it comes down to it there's two two main things i want to think one was this week there's these protests have been going on for a few days now um and we should say that the the proud boys are heavily involved uh, you know one of one of the surgeons of of america um and like people at the protests had like blue lives matter flags and then when the police kind of broke up some of them there's like video of people like throwing their blue lives matter flags on the ground people like saying that they're not with the police anymore with that because like really if unless you're actually in the police and like or i guess in family or whatever like a lot of that stuff is a cultural signifier and i think this is a good example that i think i'm gonna i'm gonna go all the way around on here we go when joe biden was accused of uh sexual assault or march of this year it doesn't feel like this year but it was and it was an accusation from like the early 90s uh there I guess now that's all been fleshed out, there's some stuff that makes it look valid. There's some stuff that makes it look fishy, or at least like the changing story thing makes it seem like maybe it didn't happen the, the same way the, the accuser is portraying it in 2020. Either way, the years leading up to that, especially I think partially pushed by Trump, but especially accelerated by the Harvey Weinstein saga, there was a Me Too movement where I think a lot of people, especially on the left, more so than the right, wanted to give a fair hearing to everything like that all the sexual assault kind of stuff but when it was politically inconvenient it was immediate for a lot of people a lot of prominent people especially on twitter a lot of blue checkmark journalisms that were immediately like this is uh this is dumb this is fake this is people invoked putin for some reason which is embarrassing it's so much of politics now is cultural signifiers and obviously it's not just that it's not just that and and, and it's not in, in every cultural issue or social issue isn't just a signifier. A lot of them, most of them are are born out of important issues. But it strikes me how much of this is born out of what matters for your team. Like it's a lot of like team sports stuff mm-hmm. and a lot of how you want to appear. That mm-hmm. it feels like so much of it to me now. And I think a, a, a big part of this is it feels impossible under our current structure to get these people back who don't accept reality, who not just voted for Trump, the people like the kind of people that storm the Capitol, the kind of people that uh, voted for Trump and they were like kind of at the whole time and then just voted for him again because whatever. 
because there's no solidarity of any kind in this country. There's no class solidarity. There's no labor solidarity. There's nothing. It, it's just, and this is what uh, individualism gets you in the end. Like it's, and it's, a lot of this is, I think is hollow. I think the older I get, the more I, I feel like a lot of the things people get excited about or claim to, to believe in or, and I don't want to get too specific with so much of this because I don't, I guess that doesn't really matter, but it just, it feels like it's really hard to know how this could ever get better. And honestly, frankly, it makes me think sometimes, which is, I guess, another reason we're doing this instead of a, a Sabres podcast right now, like instead of actually talking about the Sabres, is it makes me feel like, why, why the hell would I do? Why would I do this? What, what was the point of me doing this? I felt that a few ways, probably for, I don't know, on and off for like six plus years now. Like something happens and I go like, what am I doing? Like I used to be a sports writer by trade and uh, I feel like that a lot. Like why the hell am I writing about sports? Look at the world. And today, not only with this huge event happening, with with the Sabre season coming up where they're going to play a 52 game season without fans in the stands, only play seven teams because of the pandemic and how poorly the pandemic's been held. Uh, potentially going for their 10th straight season of not making the playoffs, going in, watching Rasmus Pistolainen play his 600th game, seeing Carter Hutton for a third straight year, um, just all these things. And it's like, what is the point of any of this? What am I doing? What am I doing? I mean, I'll come back around on it. I'll be really excited for opening night. But seriously, right now, I feel like, like, what the hell? What is the point of any of this? What, what's the point of putting this much into this from both those perspectives? Why care when there's so many more important things happening, especially what, what is seeming to be like it's going to be a, a really, really hugely important time in American history. And why care about this stupid team that's never good and is boring and it's never close to being good and just waste everyone's time. So I guess that's just that's one of the big reasons I didn't talk about the Sabres tonight, because I feel I don't know, because I wrote down. I wrote down when I was this morning when I was thinking about what to talk about. I wrote down Gurgens is out for the year. And I was going to say, I don't know, we'll see Roots Align in more. And uh, Pacho got hired by Seattle. Ha ha. He sucks. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's, You're it right, just man. Me, You're right. it, it, it's just, it's, it's infuriating. Well, that's the I, thing. I think that. I don't know what to say. Well, no, I mean, I think that you're making a great point and you're probably making a point that a lot of other people are also feeling right now, you know? And I think that that's something that's really important to remember is that the stuff that we're going through right now and, and that we're living through is, is not normal. Um, and, and not to get too preachy or anything like that, but it's very, very easy to be overwhelmed by this. To be com- completely honest, it's probably weird if you're not overwhelmed because this is just a, it's a mess. Um, but with that being said though, you know, the way that I like to think about it is, you know, the way that I am living my life right now 20 years from now, 30 years from now, when, you know, I'm talking to my kid about what was going on during this time period, am I going to look back and am I going to feel good about what side I was on and where I stood on this issue? You know, because it's different, you know, when when you're talking about this, it's, and feeling like you have like a a purpose and you're like, you're contributing, you know, I feel that way constantly. Um, And I totally, every word of what you just said, I completely, completely feel and agree with, you know, um, where it's just like, there's so many historically significant things that have happened over the past four years. And oftentimes I, I 
kind of stopped and I think to myself, like, well, what, what can I do, you know? And I think a lot of people are really afraid of that question. And I'm not saying like, I'm just more so just kind of vamping on my own thing now. But I think a lot of people are really afraid of that question, you know, like, because it is overwhelming. Like, how can I help when there is so much that is just so royally fucked up right now in this country and in the world for that matter? Um, it's a laundry list of things. And to be honest, like, it's not even like we'd be able to get through even like 1% of the, of the issues right now. But I think at the end of the day, it's just a matter of knowing with like what you can do, I guess, within your means, you know, um, I would say like the most basic level of this is, you know, being able to like talk about it and being outspoken on social media. Um, you know, and I know that obviously for some people it runs the risk of like professionalism. Like for me, for example, like I work for a, 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 a I'm a, I am, a, I'm a communications consultant for people. And so like, I take a lot of stock into what I say and like how, how you put things out on social media and, and so on and so forth. But at the end of the day, in reality though, I, I I'm not going to bend my morals and what I stand for as a person because I'm worried about seeming professional, you know, like, and that kind of goes back to what I was saying before. It's like 30 years from now, you know, if I'm, you know, I'm going to do everything in my power to raise like my kids the right way. And if they look at me and say, Oh, like, well, what were you doing? Like during this time, what am I going to say? Oh, I was, I was sitting on my ass watching on TV. It's like, no, like I'm going to talk about it on social media. I, if I, if you have the means donate money, like donate money to important causes. You know, if, if you can, and you are, or you are able to uh, go protest, you know, th there are things that I feel like we all can do, but at the end of the day, getting to the kind of like the main point here, and this is, I guess, probably going to sound a little bit hopeless and it sucks, but like the, the burden is not on, it, it should not be on you and me or, or anybody else who is just the average person to, to solve racism to solve the problem of how we define or not even i mean it sounds ridiculous that i'm saying this but like how truth is defined that's not the responsibility of, of you me or any other citizen that is the responsibility of the people who we elect into office and to be completely honest i mean to be frank about it it, it goes on it, it goes both ways but certainly given the gravity of the situation now in the last four years it's one side a lot more than the other but everybody is responsible. Every single person who is holding office right now, who, I mean, allowed things to get to this point, and obviously Trump is at the heart of that and is the, the, the main person who I'm talking about here, but it goes so much further. It's every senator, it's every congressperson who, you know, allowed this situation to spiral like this. Because in reality, like, you know, you could say like, oh, like, well, what could they do? But like, there's a hell of a lot more you could have done over the past four years to stop this and to not allow things to get to this point where you have, you know, a, a fraction of the country believes one thing is the truth and the other fraction of the country, the majority of the people in the country know what is the truth, you know, and you have these conflicting beliefs, you have him fanning the flames of, of, of racism and homophobia and, and, misogyny and, 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 and white nationalism and all of these things. And I'm not going to lie. There's not really one person who, I, I mean, I could maybe think of like one or two, but like, there's not really many people that I could think of and be like, you know what? They did a good job standing up to They, they did everything that they could do in this pivotal moment, because let's be honest, there hasn't ever been a president like Donald Trump before. Um, and 
everybody knew that going in, you know, it, it, you could see it from a mile away. You know, it, it was, you know, before he got elected, people were saying, oh, like people on, on the far right were like, oh, well, he's just going to hire all of the best people around him. He's not going to do anything. He's just more of going to be a mouthpiece. And then he hires a bunch of idiots who all get fired within the first couple months. And it's like, oh, OK, well, we know that's not the case now. So he really is running the show. So you've known from the get go that like what you were getting with this guy, people were saying, you know, I, I I'll be honest, like. I, I mean, I think you and I both, I not even, I think I know you and I both share this opinion, you know, in 2016, we both voted for Hillary, but we were not the biggest fans of her, but I'm, she was right. She called this like Bernie called this, no matter where you land on the political spectrum, if you are not a Trump supporter, whoever the politician is that you follow, they called this, that this was going to happen. They all knew, but they didn't do anything about it. Nobody did. And at the end of the day, when we're talking about change and fundamental change in this country thinking back and tying it back in with like the protests from over the summer for example like the people did and have been doing their part we have showed up we have done what we had to do to 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 show that we want change but to be honest the people in power didn't hold up their end of the bargain it sucks but it's the truth you know and so I guess it's like, well, what do you, what do you do from here? And to be honest, you just, I feel like all we can really do right now is hope that the people who are in power now, who are going to be in power once, you know, Biden and and the other respective elected officials who, who were voted in in November, they take a look in the mirror and they realize that, you know what, like we can't continue to just be not Trump. You, you need to do something substantial and and do whatever you can do to enact fundamental change that is going to make people's lives better because right now people's lives are hell and i say that for me but like I, i'm I, i'm okay like i'm a i am a i'm a straight white man in my mid 20s who is able bodied and you know like I, i'm going to be fine but the fact of the matter is is like for people of color in this country i mean how the hell do you think that they feel right now seeing that happen how do you think that the families of people who were blinded at the protest or people who were killed how do you think that they feel watching these white people storm the united states capitol building and, and, and not come away without a scratch i i mean and being able to go sit in nancy pelosi's office to go into the senate chambers like that and I, I, I mean, it, it, it's horrible. And, and it's, a, and, and I, I send my heart out because I know obvious, I mean, I know, you know, the last thing that any like people need right now is like, you know, like, oh, like the sympathy or whatever, but it's just like, my heart just goes out to people who like have really been affected, you know, like the, like black people in the country, people of color, uh, like gay people, people like trans people, you know, woman, I, I mean, it, it extends so far and wide. And we, we've just come to this point now in the country where it's undeniable, you know, talking about differences between, you know, Trump and, and, the, and the left and the right and this, that and the other, you know, I, I can disagree with you about how you think the tax code should be, but I don't disagree with you or I, I or like it, it's an opinion to have like you can have an opinion on like what you think the tax code should be and you're like all right well yeah whatever we disagree but like when it comes down to it like supporting a, a person who is a white nationalist who is a racist 
who is a homophobe, who is an idiot. Like all of these things put into one. That's not me disagreeing with your opinion. That's me disagreeing with you fundamentally as a person. And it's inexcusable to to condone this, to allow it to happen, to think that it's okay. And I think that we need to stop because, you know, the the point that I'm 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 getting to, and I'll shut up after this and kind of get full circle, is that for the past four or five years, we have just been just drilled into us by the media and by whoever else, like having this sense of unity and we need to bring people together. And it's all, you know, the reason why Trump supporters are the way that they are is because of a misunderstanding and this and that. And it's like, that's not what this is. This is not a disagreement. This is people who are out of touch with reality, whose hearts are filled with hate and who are, I mean, it, it, it's, it, it, you know, it, it's just, it's, it's, <laughs> no, yeah. yeah. It, it's insane. And so, you know, and when we're talking or like, as I, the point I had made earlier with, um, uh, you know, with, with, with all of this is just like, we're at a breaking point right now. And I know I, I, I do this a lot anyways, but I, it's just, I have like a million thoughts running through my head and it's hard to kind of get a grip on them, but we're, we are at this breaking point right now where, it's undeniable that this is not about a difference of opinion. This is not about embracing the Trump supporters in your life or, you know, this, whatever people want to say with this sense of unity, this is about looking at in the mirror at something that is a huge, huge, huge problem that needs to be addressed by the people in power right now. And it just hasn't been, but we, it, it needs to happen because like you said, Taylor, if it continues to go unaddressed, it's going to get a lot more ugly than it is right now. And right now, and in 2020, it was as ugly as it gets. And it's just going to take it to itself to new heights if we just allow this to continue. And, and we hide ourselves from, you know, behind this like false sense of unity. It's like, no, like we, we're at, we're at rock bottom right now. You need somebody who's going to like, not Donald Trump tell it like it is, but you need like Joe Biden like needs to, like not beat around the bush with this stuff. And, and like, he needs to, <laughs> he just, he needs to do more. He needs to do everything. Like the, what this dude is about to have on his plate in two weeks when he gets inaugurated. I, I mean, the stakes are, are so unbelievably high. And the point that I guess I'm getting to is like, we can't settle for just better than what we've had the past four years, because that's just not good enough. And it's a disservice to every single person in this country. You know, I may disagree and not like Trump supporters and not agree or like anything that they stand for, but the government does not work for the people. Like it doesn't, you know, and, and the way that systemically that this country is built right now, it doesn't work on behalf of these people. Like these people storming into the capitals today, they think that Trump is on their side and they think that him being president for another four years is going to restore their freedom and this and that. And it's like, it's not, you are not on his side. He does not like you. Most of the politicians who are elected to office don't really care. This is just their career, you know, like, Sure, there's a lot of there's a lot out there who have good hearts, but like Donald Trump does not understand what the human what like the American experience is. These rich people, like they are not on your side. You are more likely than not not going to become them. You will not become a billionaire or a million. Like I'm all for people having dreams, but like 
they're not on your side. The people who are on your side are the people who are your neighbors who live next door to you. And the sooner that people get it through their heads that not to say who like, you know, but like who we're fighting against, you know, like the better off we'll, we're all going to be. But the problem is that we're just so far from that point that it's like, what do we even do? I'm done. I'm sorry. <laughs> all right. Well, that, that probably is a good way to sum it up. Um, anyway, anything so, else to add? I mean, I, uh, Sabres saw come back Monday. Uh, we were going to do a whole season preview and, and do the, do our divisional rankings and stuff too. Today. We'll even talk about, uh, what happens uh, after the Bills game? Oh yeah, absolutely. So, we'll be doing that. You know, there's good things and bad things in the world, I guess. Uh, in so summary, sometimes... in summary, happy birthday, Taylor. <laughs> Thanks. All right, uh, see everyone on Monday. <laughs> oh man! All right, everybody. Well, before we go, um, again, just a reminder to be sure you're checking out the Hockey Podcast Network and Buffalo Fanatics. I'm not going to go into my usual spiel, but check them out wherever you're streaming and, and wherever you're on social media. And, uh, you know, for everybody who stuck around and listened to us talk today, you know, we really appreciate it and uh, we hope you're doing well and hanging in there. Okay. And we know that these are very stressful times, but you know, we, we just got to hang in there as best as we can. And that's, that's all we can really do is just try our best to take care of ourselves. So Yep. We, uh, we wish you well, everybody, and we will talk to you again on Monday. This has been Straight Up Sabres.